This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Real wolves are social creatures. They need and crave a group to belong to in order to survive and thrive. The same is true for your Minnesota Timberwolves. Now join host Henry Lake as he gets an inside look with another prominent member of the club. This is Life in the Pack. All right, welcome back to the Life in the Pack podcast. Uh, covering the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the Life in the Pack podcast is where we talk to players, both past and present, coaches, and different people from the team's front office staff. And today's episode of the Life in the Pack podcast features Minnesota Timberwolves point guard Jordan McLaughlin. First off, Jordan, good afternoon, man. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I- I've been wanting to chat with you on this podcast for a while because you're one of my favorite guys on the squad. Mm. Uh, and some of it is beyond your contributions um, on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know you at all, right? So <laughs> so, so I want to hear your story. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning, representing Pasadena, California. Mm-hmm. So you're a California guy. Uh, what was it like growing up in Pasadena? I assume you mm-hmm. grew up in Pasadena or you, you just were born there. Yes, no, so I was born there. I was born in Pasadena, California, and I lived in Pasadena until I was about maybe three or four years old. And then that's when my mom and dad and our family and then my grandparents from my mom's side also moved out to like the Inland Empire area, we call it. It's a okay. bunch of uh, major little cities that we all just combined in one area, call it the Inland Empire. And we lived in Fontana ever since I was three. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. So, you know, I, I've i always wanted to go to Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to L.A. My sister actually lives in L.A. Um, I've been to San Diego. Um I want to get out to San Francisco because that was my mom. My mom passed away years ago, but mm-hmm. that was her favorite city. She loves San Francisco. But I've always wanted to go to Pasadena because whenever I think of Pasadena, I think of the Rose Bowl, yeah. man. Like that setting, <laughs> and I see the the aerial shots of that. Yeah. How many times have you been to the Rose Bowl? For sure. Uh, I've never actually been to the Rose Bowl game. Okay. But, I've you know, I've gone there when I was being recruited. UCLA plays their home games there, so I went there a couple times for that. Went there when USC played them while I was there. And, uh, you know, just being there every once in a while, we'd go back and hit a couple of the local spots uh, from when I was younger and when my mom was there. And, uh, you know, just it's a great area to be around. They're doing a lot of rebuilding uh, and renovating right now in that area as well. So it's always cool to go around there and get around there. Gotcha. All right. So is it true that your father was a minor league baseball player? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My dad played for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, minor Organization. League okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so I assume that there is some love early on in life mm-hmm. with the uh, the baseball diamond. 
Uh, yeah, there was. So when I was younger, coming up, uh, I played I played at any sport I could. You know, okay. baseball, football, and basketball. Those were like my main three. And uh, all the neighborhood kids, we play in our little cul-de-sac. Uh, we playing baseball one day. Next day we playing football. Next day we playing basketball. Next day we swimming in somebody's pool. So it was a very active and young neighborhood. And uh, yeah, I played all three sports going up until probably high school. That's when I just decided to focus on basketball. So was it one of those environments where your dad was just like, you're always active in all the various different sports, but he never really tried to mm-hmm. push you towards one. He just said, hey, do your thing. Yeah, nah, my dad, I mean, he's always pushed me to do whatever I want to do and be good at whatever I'm doing. Uh, but he never forced me to play, you know, a certain sport. But, you know, I was naturally kind of good at all of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just found, you know, basketball was probably my best option. And it was for me, it was easy because the ball was always in my hands. The pace was fast, whereas football, baseball, it's a lot more slower. Mm-hmm. Um when I was playing baseball, that was when they were kind of moving you around different positions each game. So I didn't always have the ball in my hands. I wasn't pitching all the time. I wasn't quarterback. I, I was playing wide receiver, running back, safety, kick return, punt return. So uh, the, the ball you was in to my be in the mix. Yeah, I wanted to be. I wanted to be the guy. So yeah. uh, basketball was number one. Point guard always had the ball in my hands, and you know I turned out to be pretty good at it. All right. So when did basketball take off for you? And I and I ask that because you know everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys. They they've always been around the game and a part of the game. And then some guys, they they caught on late. I remember mm-hmm. when I was living in Kansas City and I was covering um, um, Jayhawks basketball and Joel Embiid showed up as a freshman. Right. Like he was new to basketball. He only yeah. played like two or three years. Right. Um, I mean, growing up, I was always one of the best players on my team. Um, so you can kind of see that I was a little bit more advanced than everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, just some of the moves I were doing, I was doing on the court. A lot of the, you know, our team fans and other team fans would be like, "Like, who is this kid? Like, he's pretty good." So I've always kind of been, I guess you could say, ahead of the curve. And uh, but it's just something I've always, you know, wanted to practice on my game and continue to get better day in and day out. And um, so, I mean, I've always had a, a good showing, you know, on the court. Yeah. We're talking to Jordan McLaughlin, Minnesota Timberwolves point guard here on the latest edition of the Life in the Pack podcast. And I'm your host, Henry Lake. All right. So now when I think about you, mm-hmm. I think of a quiet, mm-hmm. confident individual because that's just how I perceive you. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. No, that's very correct. And then uh, once you get to know me and I hang around you long enough, I I do become a little extroverted and show you my, my goofy side for sure. <laughs> oh, all right. That's cool. That's cool. So so how else would you describe yourself mm-hmm. for Timberwolves fans out there that uh, are getting to know you still? Yeah. I mean, like you said, cool, calm, collected. I'm confident in you know, who I am. I'm a, I'm a family guy through and through. I don't have any kids yet, but me and my wife, uh, who we just got married this last summer, you know, when we look to build a family, you know, I look to be the best husband, best father that I could be. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty down to earth guy. Uh, love what I do. I'm very humble. And like you said, confident. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were a standout at the University of Southern California. Um, how did you enjoy being a Trojan? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was great. It was the best decision of my life uh, for me to choose the USC, stay at home. Uh, all my family and friends were able to come to almost all the games, if not all of them. Um, and to be there in that atmosphere in Los Angeles, California, be you know rebuild that program uh, who wasn't really known at that time to be a basketball school is now uh, one of the top schools in the, the state or in the nation. Uh, for basketball as well so for me to go in there and and do everything I did there get uh, two degrees my master's and my BA 
And uh, to do all the things I accomplished there, it was one of the best decisions of my Man, life. Man, I know you got your bachelor's. So what did you get your bachelor's in? <laughs> yeah, communication management. Okay. Yep, all right. Finished it up this summer. Uh, so I graduated in three years uh, while I was there. That fourth year, got half of my master's done, and then every summer, these last couple of summers, I was working on finishing my Oh, master's. I love that, man. The world is yours, brother, just like <laughs> yes, Nas said. Yeah. All right, so so now, what was it like going and attending USC? Because I think that most people, they view USC as a football school mm-hmm. as opposed to a basketball school. We know that they've had really good um, basketball players, yeah. you know, years upon years, but a hero minor. Uh, I remember, uh, who was a guy that I was, I went out and watched some um, AU basketball years ago in Vegas. Uh, DeMar DeRozan went to yeah. USC, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what was it like going to, to USC when everybody is viewing it and they're thinking about Matt Leinert and Reggie right. Bush and all of that? Yeah, I mean, that was part of the goal for uh, me and the guys in my class to go in there and change the culture of the program and turn it back into a basketball school. Because, you know, they had Nikola Vucevic, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Nick Young, Gabe Pruitt, uh, Taj Gibson. We got a lot of guys out of there, mm-hmm. and that was a couple years ago. And then they kind of hit a downhill, um, you know, bump and – we wanted to turn the program around and turn it into a basketball school. And so you got guys like me, DeAnthony Melton, Chemezi Metu, um, Elijah Stewart, Benny Boatwright, a lot of those guys that came in there and helped turn the program around. And, you know, now Evan Mobley, Isaiah Mobley, yeah. it, it goes on and on. So um, they got a good pipeline going down at USC right now, and I'm proud of them. I think the last time that I saw USC in person mm-hmm. was they were here NCAA tournament, and this is actually at the Metrodome. Mm-hmm. And who was uh, on that squad? I remember. Th- I remember them being here because at that time, uh, Master P's son Romeo mm-hmm. Miller yeah, was still Romeo, part of the yeah. yeah. So he that was, was he Romeo was, and Demar. <laughs> yeah, that, was exactly. Like a package deal there. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what's up. Now I gotta ask you this. So is it true that one of the schools that closely was recruiting you um, and was uh, in on you was the Kansas Jayhawks? Yeah, yep. So my my final four uh, choices was USC, UCLA, Kansas, and Indiana. Those okay. are my top four. I just had to get that confirmation because you know I'm a Jayhawk fan, so I <laughs> you know I'm, I'm rock chalk all day. So I had to ask you that question. Uh-huh. We missed out on you, but it's it's all love. It's all love. Yeah. All right. So now I remember seeing you at NBA Summer League mm-hmm. um, with the Wolves. Uh, talk to me about what NBA Summer League meant to you as an undrafted guy, because mm-hmm. fans always think of lottery picks. They always think of guys in the first round that get showcased. Yeah. But my favorite thing when we're in Vegas are the guys that fly under the radar. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, Vegas is, is very important for a lot of guys, not only those draft picks, but definitely those undrafted guys to prove why they should have gotten drafted and to prove why they belong. And uh, that was me going into that summer. You know, my first summer with the Brooklyn Nets, I was, you know, getting my feet wet, you know, a little nervous and, you know, feeling it out and stuff like that. But after going through that one year, playing in the G League one year, the next year getting um, offered by the Timberwolves to go into Summer League and uh, just prove that I belong. And, you know, I got my feet wet, know what, know what Summer League is all about. And for me to go in there and just play hard and, and you know, earn a roster spot, that was my goal, to go in there and do my thing. So Help me out with this, because so, mm-hmm. I never really asked anybody this question, but what's the process like in terms of, like, between you and your agent or just trying to figure out what is a good fit for you from a Summer League roster? Because yeah. I'm sure they're like, because it's not like just one team is asking right. to be a part of their Summer League. What yeah. is it like for you, though? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the agent's job to do that. You know, mm. go in there and look at, you know, okay, how many t- uh, draft picks does this team have? Uh, a lot of the teams are going to be playing their draft pick guys. And, um, and then you also got to look maybe at the coaching staff as well. And so... For me, my decision, my agent uh, 
when Pablo Prigioni came over and he was coaching in Brooklyn when I was in Brooklyn oh, that first year. Yeah. So that, uh, you know, gave me a little, uh, you could say, advantage at the time. You had a connection there. Yeah, we had a connection. So yep. I was able to, you know, jump in there, be a starting point guard and not have to come off the bench. You know, I was going to be getting good minutes. And uh, we also, they had also drafted Jared Culver at the time and he, he had to still go through the trade progress. So he didn't play in the summer league. So that's right. There's a little bit more minutes as well. So there's a lot of things, you know, that plays into part of it. And that's, you know, what gets dealt with, uh, that's what your agent gets paid for. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now you wear number six for the Wolves, mm-hmm. but in high school and in college, you wore number 11. Yeah. Is there any significance to that? Yeah. Well, it's a funny story. So my freshman year, I was one of the only freshmen on varsity at Etiwanda High School at the time. Because uh, Kleck, the head coach there, he didn't mm-hmm. really like having freshmen on varsity. And usually they play JV. But uh, being the freshman and then uh, being the last guy to pick my jersey number on the team, uh, 11 was the last smallest number left. And uh, so I just uh, kind of just ran with it, and it kind of fit me uh, all the way up until then, and then wearing it through high school. And then when I got to the college level at USC, so USC actually has uh, number 11 retired by Bill Sharman. Mm. And uh, I think it was like maybe a couple months before he had passed away, they had reached out to him, and he gave me the you know acknowledgement that I could wear number oh, eleven that's pretty throughout dope, college. Man. Yeah, so it was it was very dope. I mean, I, what did that, I mean? How did that make you feel? Like, it, I mean, it felt great. You know, wow. uh, he understood what Coach Enfield and us were all trying to do and changing the culture there. And he, you know, he blessed me, allowing me to continue to wear number eleven. That's pretty dope, yeah. man. All right, so now you wear six for the Wolves. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the patch on their jerseys this season, yeah. uh, remembering the legend, mm-hmm. uh, legendary Bill Russell, who passed away earlier this year. Um, give me a legend out there that you've always wanted to meet, mm-hmm. but you haven't yet. Uh, my favorite player of all time is Michael Jordan. Um, I haven't met him. I've seen him, uh, but haven't you know one-on-one individually met them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd go with Michael Jordan. Is it harder to meet like legends than what people think? Because I, I mm-hmm. think, because like, <laughs> It is true. You're part of a big fraternity, right? right? Like, like you're around a lot of different people, mm-hmm. you know, famous people, both present and in the past. Yeah. But it's not always easy to get connected to the greats. Right. No, for sure. I mean, we all got busy schedules. Yeah. Uh, and one of the most valuable things for a lot of us uh, pro athletes and, you know, celebrities and, and uh, stars is uh, your time. Your yep. time is very valuable and it's, it's tough to kind of align everybody's schedule uh, to, you know, generate 10, 15 minutes, five minutes, even that. So it's very tough. Yep. All right. We're talking to Jordan McLaughlin here, point guard for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's our host uh, or he's our guest here on the Life in the Pack podcast. I'm your host, Henry Lake. All right. uh, The Big Ten, they're adding USC, your alma mater, and UCLA from the Pac-12 to the conference. So I have to get your thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird thing to me to see the expansion of these Power Five conferences by getting to this level of movement. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's definitely a big move. Uh, and at the end of the day, what it's all about for, you know, these colleges is money. The Benjamins. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's, all, that's all it's about. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's a good experience for, uh, the well, not the Pac-12, but those two schools that are normally viewed as West Coast schools and don't get a lot of attention. Uh, when it comes to rankings and, you know, the NCAA tournament and and all that stuff because of the West Coast, the time difference. Mm-hmm. So for them to be able to come out this way and play on central time zone against a different
different, you know, a conference that they're moving into. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for them. Um, it's definitely going to be tough for them uh, with travel and, you know, being in school as well. Definitely. Uh, but it's a it's a good opportunity for them, I believe. All right. So think about this for a second. The name, image, and likeness situation, mm-hmm. right, is, is really taken off for yeah. college athletes these days. And I love it. Like, yeah. I've always wanted that to be a thing. Yeah. What would have been the perfect endorsement for Jordan McLaughlin at USC? Man, I, looking back now, I'm like, these kids are so lucky to have this NIL deal, man. <laughs> I know, right? But uh, it's not. It's a blessing for them. You know, the college kids, they do deserve to be paid uh, for their for their NIL. And uh, a perfect brand for me while I was back at USC would have been something like Beats, uh, PlayStation, mm-hmm. Tesla. I could drive a Tesla now. I would have loved to have one back then as well. And uh, one other one, maybe been like Chipotle or Twix or something. See, one I, of my favorite food brands. I absolutely would have been all over the food stuff. For sure. I mean, I'm dead serious. Like, I, I love the Morehouse College cafeteria and going in. All, <laughs> but once you get off campus and right. all that stuff, you know what? What can I get around the city? Yeah. So that would have been, that would have been really uh, cool and dope. <laughs> all right. One of the cool things that I saw you doing a couple of years ago mm-hmm. uh, were the J-Mac hoodies. Mm-hmm. You still doing merch? Yeah, still doing merch. We're on year four right now. You can go and grab your merch at jmacmerch.club. Uh, we partnered with Boosted, and those those are my guys that design you know my gear, and we get it out there to all the fans. So I got to check it out now because I, I saw the first two years mm-hmm. of the merch that you had. Uh, I think it's evolving a little bit more, but is that kind of like your thing, like cool clothing? Because I'm a, I'm a yeah. hoodie guy. I rock hoodies all the time. You got <laughs> a hoodie sure. on right now, but yep. I'm a hood- and whenever you see me at games, I'm rocking a hoodie. Yep, for sure. No, that's definitely something you know I'm looking into, and as I continue to grow uh, myself as a brand and everything I do off the court as a brand as well, I'm looking to only you know better and better myself and my merch as well. I got you. All right, so I'm sure that you get along with everyone on the team, mm-hmm. but who would you say are your closest? Um, teammates and the times that I've seen you do post game pressers, whether mm-hmm. I've been in the room or not in the room with Anthony Edwards, mm-hmm. it seems like y'all got a good vibe, man. <laughs> yeah, we definitely do. You know, just two guys that uh, want want to win, want to do our best we can out there for ourselves and for our team and for each other as well. Uh, but you know, I, like you said, I get along with everybody, but a couple of my top guys and. And then also some of my Iowa boys. Uh, so me, Nas, Jalen, um, a lot of those guys that we've gone that route when they first got in as well. So yeah. uh, I would say those two for sure. So now it's funny because I'm not sure if you've had this conversation with uh, Jaden, but the whole J-Mac, like mm-hmm. some people call you that, some people <laughs> right. call him that. I mean, some people call both of y'all. So how do y'all, def- who, who's the real J-Mac here? Right. Now? Yeah. No, I mean, it, it comes and goes. Some days it may be both of us. Another day it may just be me. Some days it may be just be him. Uh, but it helps that coach only coach really calls me J Mac because I was here first, and okay. then he calls Jaden Jaden. So okay, uh, but yeah, we we don't take no offense to it. We whatever people call us, that's you just what they you call just roll it. with yeah. it, right? Yeah. All right. So speaking of vibes, uh, do you feel the vibe um, of being a fan favorite from Timberwolves Nation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely do. You know, the fans, the way they cheer for me on the court, uh, I love it. I appreciate it, and uh, it means a lot to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Because they do love you, man. They, they they love when you get in there, whether you're starting or coming in off the bench, just mm-hmm. the, the vibe and the swag that you bring to the game. Because you yeah. are one of those energy guys, man. Like, right. you get the team rolling. You you get, you got the – I can't remember who the opponent was this year, but uh, just last month um, I'm in the arena, and when you came in and 
like when you start knocking down the threes, <laughs> yeah. everybody's like, okay, keep pulling up, keep pulling up. And then I think you hit like three consecutive three-point shots. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, he checked, he checked. Somebody didn't pass you the ball, though, man. I can't remember who that was. I, th- I think I think I hate to call it. I hope that I'm correct. But I'm pretty sure that um, Jalen Noel took a shot in the midst of you uh-huh. going. And I'm like, hold on. You got to swing that one more, brother. You got to swing that one more time. Yeah, I definitely remember that. No, nah, it, was, it was a good shot by Jalen. <laughs> yeah, I like Jalen. I ain't going to take that away from him. It was a good shot from Jalen. He it was he made the right play. Um, but, yeah, no, I, the the crowd, I love getting them going. And uh, all it is is just me going out there playing hard, trying yep. to play the right way, get everybody going, and uh, just get the crowd fired up and, you know, give them something to cheer about. And that's what the fans want. <laughs> all right, uh, I know that you're a pretty low-key guy, but I do want to say congratulations to you and your wife on mm-hmm. getting married early this year. Yeah, appreciate um, that. This has been a, a big year for you two. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, a, it was a huge summer for us uh, once the playoffs had ended. Uh, we headed out to Cali and, you know, started, you know, putting the final preparations together for that. We got married in Hawaii. Uh, we bought a house this summer out in Cali as well. And then we had our honeymoon in Greece. So nice. it was a yeah, it was a huge uh, summer for us and we loved it. Well, a uh, big wedding or small wedding? Uh, it was big. We actually got a lot of our guests from California, Indiana, New York, North Carolina, a lot of people to actually show up and, you know, view our love that we have for each other out in Hawaii so it was beautiful I'm jealous of you on the grief stuff man because <laughs> my, my father um um ever since my mom passed and he retired from Honeywell he um he loves to just go ahead and you know the passport just yeah, go ahead and travel as he should and Greece and I've seen pictures of Greece Greece looks amazing yeah the so pictures, you guys amazing, the pictures amazing. don't do it justice really yeah, oh gotta, and the pictures are amazing yeah gotta find a way to get out there and, and you know view everything they have we went out there we were in Athens Santorini and Mykonos we oh, were able Santorini to see all three looks islands. off the chain yeah that's sunset <laughs> all right so um of of off of you being a newlywed I do want to ask this question how weird was the bubble stage of the pandemic for mm-hmm. you it, because you know you're playing professional sports and all the leagues had this bubble quarantine type situation and there was a ton of restrictions um clearly things you know have been fine for for you and your wife but yeah. but i bet that had to be a trying time in the moment yeah no it definitely was <clears throat> excuse me um, we were luckily we weren't at the bubble in Florida, so we were yep. kind of you know away from that, and we were able to manage, and we had time together then um, out in Cali, and then we did the in market bubble here in Minnesota, and that was good. She wasn't able to come to that, and then once we kind of started to get our hands a little bit under control with the pandemic, and um, we figured out the testing scenarios and stuff like that, and when she was able to come in and visit back here in Minnesota, we were able to manage with that. So it was definitely a tough time, but, you know, now that we're through that, it, it makes a lot th- things a lot easier. All right, do you uh, you get a chance to go out and support any of the other teams here in the town? I mean, the, the Twins were having mm-hmm. the, kind of the baseball <laughs> stuff. And yeah. I know that, you know, guys like Justin Jefferson, those guys come to, to right. check you guys out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, me and my wife and my barber at the time that was here at Lawrence, we went to a, a Vikings game. Uh, we went to a Twins game this summer when we had come back for a week um me and my wife and then we've also been to a Lynx game as well so that's uh, awesome last one of the other ones we want to check out is a minnesota wild game soon so oh you got to check that out yeah that's definitely. a good time it's a good time <laughs> all right uh final couple of minutes here with Jordan mclaughlin a uh, point guard of the minnesota timberwolves here on the life in the pack podcast um what is the best part of being a professional athlete mm-hmm. that nobody talks about mm, that's a good question I mean, 
for me, one of the most important things, we talk about it a little bit, but I take it a little bit more to heart. Uh, my thing is to inspire, um, inspire people. You know, me being six feet, I'm not 6'11", 6'8". You know, when you see me walking around, I'm six feet. I blend in with a lot of people. So mm-hmm. um, for me to go out there and, and give a lot of kids and, you know, the younger generation hope that they can do something, even if somebody says they can't do something, I feel like, you know, that's pretty much my whole story. You know, a lot of people tell me I can't do this. I wouldn't play in the NBA. wouldn't do this. And then uh, just, you know, keep proving people wrong. So, I mean, I would say inspiring. That's probably yeah, my Yeah, being my able to use thing. your platform yeah, for good for sure. and help out people. That That's awesome. And, and what is, on the flip side of that, what is the worst thing mm-hmm. about being a professional athlete that nobody talks about that much? <laughs> uh, the worst thing, we talk about it a little bit, but, you know, just the pressure behind it. You know, it is a lot of pressure for, you know, us to go out there and perform at a high level. Um, you got people always commenting and, you know, putting their input on what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing and the lifestyle that comes with it. There's a lot of, you know, positive influences and a lot of negative influences as well. So um, just trying to deal with all that, I would say, is probably the negative about it. Who would you say is the player growing up that you admired their game the most? Mm-hmm. And look, we all loved Michael Jordan as right. a kid. We, like you're able to, you're, you're in the league, you yeah. know, and I'm just like <laughs> a fan. I'm watching Michael and I'm watching Dominique and all these guys. But who are, take, let's take Michael out of it. Because right. there's so many obvious, like that dude is just somebody. People, yeah. what is the number one people, person everybody's going to say? They're going to say LeBron, they're going to say Michael. Yeah. Outside of those, who, who would you say? I say AI. I loved AI's game growing oh, yeah. up. Definitely had a couple of his jerseys. Uh, Kobe as well, being right there in L.A., was able to check out a couple of his games um, as well. And then a big fan, once I got to like high school and he started taking off, Derrick Rose. Derrick Mm. Rose as well was one of my favorite players. Got you. All right, so we are in Minnesota. Um, I guess the last question would be for you. What have you been told to partake in here in Minnesota that you haven't had time to do quite yet? You've been here, the, you know, a few yeah, years, yeah, but, yeah. but but there's the, always something. The one thing I haven't done yet that I, me and my wife we plan on doing is the state fair. Uh, what? You yeah, still haven't been to the state fair? I haven't been there yet. Every time it comes around, we're usually you know back off in Cali or traveling or something. So okay, uh, definitely this summer we're gonna look to come back for a couple of those days that it's out here. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, hey, we're so happy to have you, man. Be a part of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, you're a great uh, ambassador for the squad and the organization. Uh, continue success, Jordan. Yes, sir. Thank you, Harry. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.